On this week's episode, we talk about complacency, contentment, and not letting other people's opinion dictate if you're successful or not. Take a listen and let us know what you think. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dates and Yak Show. I'm Chris Dayton. I'm Amber Yaklin. And we are coming to you live once again from our favorite spot in Southeast Michigan, the West Bloomfield Library. West Bloomfield. I feel like, um, sometimes I feel like I'm in Wayne's World where I'm in like the basement <laughs> and someday we're going to make it big. Oh my gosh, we should definitely have a basement podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wayne's World. Party time. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so uh, let's talk this week. It is uh, end of the first quarter. We just started April. Yeah. I'm really hangry today. I noticed. <laughs> Guys, I need to like liven it up. I'm like, I'm hangry. Just like, give me some food. Yeah, our pre-meeting was a little intense, guys. Just so you know. So if this gets out of control, <laughs> apologies in advance. Please tune in next week when we're back to our normal schedule. When I've schedule. had a Snickers. Yeah, seriously. We should go get you one right now. Pause. We'll be right back. Yeah. Brought to you by Snickers. When you need a break. Yeah, that's You're being a real diva, Amber. Kit Kat. Eat the Snickers. Kit Kat. I always say that's a cat. I love Kit Kat. You're like a Kit Kat, and I just look at her and go, I want you to break me. <laughs> so, so good. good so good anyway all right <laughs> that was uh yeah. so this week no we're talking about seriously um motivation actually i think is like the overall arching topic of what we've been talking about because we've had a couple things happen where it's interesting people's views on other people's success yeah i yeah it's it's especially like in our industry, and I'm sure there's a lot of like businesses this way. Like you can look up people's production, you can see the numbers, you can see what they've closed. Um, so it's easy to make like a real like snap judgment of how quote unquote successful they are. Right, because all numbers are counted for. And my <laughs> thing is like, don't come for me unless I call for you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I will send for you. What, are you in the mafia now? I mean, I'm just saying. You got sent for? <laughs> Don't come for Are you going to whack me now? Uh, maybe. <laughs> you're, the t- you're the top dog now. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just funny to me that like, and we do this, we make snap judgments on people all the time and maybe not even just in business, like in life, like what makes somebody successful over somebody else, right? Like right. if your idea of success is like a big house and a nice car and somebody just has like a mediocre house and mediocre car, we're like, oh, like I'm successful. I've got this visible badge of success and honor. And it's like, all right, but you don't know what I got going on. You don't know what's in my bank account. You don't know what I'm working on. Well, it's always interesting to me because I think, you know, at some point, well, there's everybody who, you know, you grow up, you're in your 20s, you have to make money. So unless you're a trust fund baby, you have to go earn to be able to eat. I just feel like I really missed out by not being a trust fund baby. I do too. I just don't understand how like that didn't happen for me. Just stop. <laughs> just stop. Get out of here with that nonsense. I mean, just seriously. Oh, anyway, no. I think you know when you're trying to earn and you're trying to make a living and doing all that stuff, you gotta you gotta start from somewhere. And uh, unfortunately, we get into the comparison game. Right. Because eventually, you make enough money to where you're not wondering if you're gonna eat tomorrow. 
Right, like it goes beyond that. Like, so first your motivation to make money is because you have to eat and pay your rent and whatever. Right. Then your motivation is like, okay, I can eat and pay my rent, but I really want to go out with my friends and go out to dinner and buy that Gucci bag. And then, like, from there you're like, hey, I'm I might go on vacation to St. Louis. Go on vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Or St. Lucia, or wherever you want to go. Yeah, I'd take St. Lucia. Yeah, for sure. Um, so how do you keep that motivation once you've got like the basic necessities accounted for, right? Like, well, you have to be competitive. You have to be competitive, but you also have to be like content. It's like a really weird fine line that you have to walk to success. Don't uh, you think? It's, it's, it's very Because if you're not content, that's a problem too. If you are never content. Well, I think people confuse contentness with laziness. You can be content and still Be motivated. Work, still want more. And still progress. You know, contentment doesn't mean non-progression. I mean, because if we were all just content with how things are in life, then there would be no progression. And what's the point of humanity at this point? I mean, like, duh. I mean, this really got, like, this escalated quickly. Well, I mean, I'm just going, I'm jumping to the end. Let's not, let's get through all the hyperbole and the bullshit and get to the end and get to the real, the issue. Like, what are we trying to accomplish? Okay, but like, contentment is not complacency. Right. I agree. Why are we fighting if we agree? Well, you just said I escalated it. So you're just, that's just an example of you being hangry. Well, I'll get you a Snickers bar. Right. Calm down. Sorry, guys. All right, I'm going to eat soon. Anyways. So all I'm saying is you have to have a, a little bit of competitiveness in you to move forward, to progress. But wouldn't you agree that you really start to shoot forward quickly once you're competitive with yourself instead of those around you? Like, comparison's the thief of joy. Yes. Everybody says that. It's so true. If you really just sit down and look at any time you Then why keep score? Then, well, because, I mean, how do we measure if we're doing better? I guess, I mean, so it's just having the, the maturity to understand that you can lose your joy if you're comparing. I mean... Yeah, okay, so here's the thing. So here's, like, a good example. So when I was in my... Late 20s, early 30s, which I'm still technically in my early 30s. I am very young and beautiful and fun. Got it? Great. So <laughs> during that time, like I was, I, I had become a mother in my late 20s and I wasn't working like a quote unquote full time desk job sort of thing. And I went into like direct sales. I went, I've dabbled like in a couple things, but there was one company I worked for that I really, really loved. Hey, do you keep your options open and make an additional income outside of your current income? Okay, you don't really, I'm not a hard sell for direct sales. <laughs> like you literally could be like, Look at this shiny new bracelet that you get when you sign up for only $1.99. I'm like, Nick, I have a business plan. And then it's off have the Have you races. ever thought about having like free time with your family? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we both come from the direct sales world, and it's gross. Because I can tell you're the recruiter, and I'm like, the, yes, sign me up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win a trip to the Bahamas and make $10,000 this month. I'm going diamond. <laughs> I used to watch these women who just outperformed me left and right, and it was all over social media. But that was... That was the measuring stick that I saw. I didn't like go look up their numbers. I didn't see what they were, how many phone calls they were making. I didn't see what their sphere of influence looked like. Right. I didn't see if they had to go have another job or if they were able to stay home, raise their kids, and just do this. I didn't see how their business grew. I didn't watch their recruiting techniques. So all I saw was so-and-so made this, so-and-so made that. Look at how much she sold. Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, everybody's going to the Bahamas. Except for you, Amber, because you're a big, fat loser. Oh, God. I'm going to... Guys. 
And then I went. We gotta to, help Amber here. So I went to my sponsor. <laughs> Please buy three, three bracelets today. <laughs> and so I went to my sponsor, the fourth one which is makes me sound like I have a drinking problem, which I do, but I for sure don't have a sponsor. You know, <laughs> stupid. It's for quitters. And I was like, I don't really know how to like reach these goals. And it's all the same thing. It's like, how many people did you call? How many people did you reach out to? How many people did you offer the opportunity to? Um, and then one day she was like, you know, envy is the thief of joy. You've got to stop looking at what Julie's doing because Julie's been doing this for 10 years and Julie is working it in a different way and you just started. So maybe you just defined it because you said comparison is a thief of joy, but maybe it's really envy. And envy's a, well, quite frankly, envy's a sin. And a whole different beast to deal with. And a whole other beast. I mean, when I started in real estate, you know, we worked for a major brokerage. Like big time. Like there was big dogs in our office that I was watching like their numbers. And we went to that. I remember we went to that award show and I got to hear like Mark Z and Mike Perna and all these like big realtors in the Southeast Detroit area like speak. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I couldn't even fathom what doing that looks like. And it's so funny to me because it's like as soon as you see this like unattainable goal or in your mind you like have made it unattainable, you're like, I might as well quit. Like, oh, I want to lose 50 pounds. Well, that's too hard. Running on the treadmill is hard. So I'm just going to quit. Well, that's great, Amber. How are you going to get to the 50 pounds, fatty? Go have another Thin Mint. Wow. I mean. Maybe try to tag along. Oh, so good. <laughs> Peanut butter. Eh. <laughs> Peanut butter chocolate. So good. So I just. That's why we're best friends. <laughs> at what <laughs> point do we need to like, how do we reel that in? Because I, I have reeled it in. So this is when I first started. And now I feel like three years later, I've almost forgotten what that agent looked like. That like, I want to be included. I want to be invited. I want to be successful. Like me, like me, like me. And now I'm like, um, I don't need you to like me. And that's not because I'm like a pompous, arrogant jerk. Like I still want to be invited. I still want to hang out. Like I don't need you to like me because I'm getting successful and I'm growing my business slowly but surely the way it's meant to be, very organically and on my own. And I'm sure that every big dog out there started that way. Well, yeah, I don't think anybody just shows up and lands in real estate and is like $20 million producer. Right. It just doesn't happen. You got to work through it. And you got to find all those people that want, you know, to do business with you. And it takes time. No, it does take time. But sometimes there's, quote unquote, black, like backslides. Like that people, like, so we were talking about like, Others' perception of our success, if somebody goes and pulls up our numbers and they're less than they were two years ago, they're going to look and be like, oh, yeah, see what happened? Look at them. Their, their numbers are, are way down. But they don't even know what the story is or, or where we're at. Okay, so I'm going to just like share our story as an example, right? Okay. So we're the dating group of realtors now, but your company used to be called... Opulent Life Realty. Right. That's the company that I joined three years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay. So at some point in my career with you, we were a $20 million team. Right. That's big time. That's a lot of production. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not something to, you know, nothing to snub your nose at. Now, if somebody looked up our production from this last year, from 2018, okay which to me was like a rebirth year, but some people might not know that. They don't know what we've been doing. What were what was our numbers for 2018? Just shy of 10, about half of normal. Okay, so about half of normal, but they're gonna be like, oh, 50% down. He changed the name of his company. What, like, what's the perception, right? Yeah. He left this brokerage, went to a new brokerage, 
changed the name of his company, changed out some, you know, I mean, not all the agents changed out, but over the course, whatever. Mm-hmm. Their perception is you've lost something. Right. What's the reality, though? Yeah, it was interesting because I've actually, I tripled my profit, which I'm always fascinated because everybody looks up their revenue numbers. And I know just firsthand from running the $20 million team that revenue doesn't mean anything. I, you know, would you rather be a $100 million team that's just on paper just crushing it and everything, but they cost a lot of money to do that. Uh, and only you only make like 100 grand or 200 grand or 300 grand, you know, whatever it might be because you're putting out all that money. Or would you rather be a $10 million producer and make 200,000, you know? Wow, that's a huge jump from 100 million to 10 million and making almost the same amount of money. Yeah, or only maybe- A lot less stress too. And a lot less stress. And you can rebuild um, with better structure, better uh, processes and- not only that, but we talked about like our mental health episode that we did like two episodes in. I mean, that's like thirty some episodes ago. Right. That we talked about we should what revisit that. Yeah, like, well, how do you feel in twenty eighteen versus that year that you were a twenty million dollar mega agent? Like a monkey off my back. Shocking. I, I mean, amazing, isn't it? You just I have um, just peace. So that's why I was like struggling early on when you were talking about like comparison. Like I am, I am content with what I have right now um, in, in every aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. But I still want to progress and, you know, I'm, Same, not, yeah. I'm not willing to stay here. I think if I stayed in this spot for too long, then I feel like almost like the music would die inside me. Well, you, know, you, you hear that phrase, right? Don't die with the music still inside you. I mean, you, but you, that's your personality. I mean, that's my personality too. And probably a lot of people who listen to this podcast are in some sort of business or entrepreneurship or have something inside them that they don't want to just see die. So, like, again, so, like, complacency is, is not to be misinterpreted as the contentment, right? But we still want to drive forward to do better because that's just, like, like the internal motivation, right? right? You have to have that drive. You have to have the drive. You have to be ambitious. And you know what I think it really comes down to as we talk through this and just my, my two cents on it is I really think you have to have the desire to help other people. That if you're, you know, we talked about it a couple of episodes ago, being selfish or selfless yeah. and that balance. I do think that at some point you have to get a mindset of like, it's not about me. It's not, it's just the world does not revolve around and me. Also, other people's goals don't have to be your goals. I mean, I right. was telling you, I listened to that podcast by Gary Vee, who like we're kind of obsessed with. And he was stating like, if you are somebody who is super happy making like $40,000 a year, clocking and clocking out, taking your one vacation a year and going bowling on Thursdays, and that like gets you going, that is awesome. Right. That's awesome. You don't have to want to make a million dollars in order to find that success or keep that motivation. And what others think about your success doesn't matter. Because honestly, if you spend too much time caring about what people think about the move you made or the job change you want to do or restructuring your team or doing things in a manner in which everybody else hasn't normally done it, then you're really going to miss your own boat because you're just going to be too busy focused on what other people are thinking and saying about you when you should be, you know, putting up the shade and moving on. Bye. That's rear view stuff. I got to go. Right. I think it's, you know, not to take the town, you know, the topic to spiritual stuff, but you know, I think everybody, I think God was, God created you with talent and ability. I mean, yeah, I'm super talented Skill, and super able. Correct. No. <laughs> more, more so than most people. Uh, but that talent and ability, 
people either use it or they don't. And it's the parable of the talents. I mean, Jesus talks about this, you know, that the, you know, the master comes and says, hey, I'm leaving town. I'm leaving you guys in charge. And then he leaves for a while, comes back and goes, what'd you do with what I gave you? I kind of feel like that's life. I really feel like that parable more than most. Yeah. Really resonates with, are you are you really exercising what the talents are that you were given? Because they were variable too. The one the one servant had five, and he doubled to ten. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Well, good, you know, well done, good and faithful servant." Same guy. Then the other guy had three. So if the guy with three is looking at the guy who had five talents to begin with five skills, whatever you want to say. And he's like, oh, God, I'm never going to be as good as him. I'm never going to be as good. How can I ever compete with it? I can't. It's not about that. He's not competing with him. He's just competing with himself. And he doubled. So he went from three to six. And you know what the master said? He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Right. Good job. Then the last one, which is I feel is like the epidemic. People afraid, fearful. They live in denial. They don't want to try. They're afraid to go backwards. They're afraid to, to succeed. He's like, I didn't do anything, but here's your one talent. I kept it for you. And he literally... I kept it safe. Like, I he kept like buried it, it. He buried it. He buried it. Mm-hmm. He did nothing with it. And he know it... I mean, so... Out of fear. Out of fear. Out of fear. But literally... So, I mean, think about it, though. If, if God gives you talent and you're like, here, I didn't want to ruin it. I didn't want to waste it. Um, by definition, by doing nothing, you did waste it. That's what, that's what I feel like one of the main lessons in life is. So we know what we're supposed to do. We know how to take it to the next level. And we don't because we are afraid. Afraid. We're afraid of other people's opinions. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of failing. By the way, how it went down, that master said, you wicked and lazy servant. And he threw the guy in jail, in prison. And he took the one talent from him and he gave it to the guy with 10 because he knew at least then something would happen. So how does that apply to life? I mean, A, don't we see that happen before us all the time? I mean, I know that like my whole life revolves around real estate, so I always have a tie-in back to that. But <laughs> oh, we're, we if, are realtors. If, if, yeah, I know, but it's like, it's like all we do. If you even look at, on a team basis, like a lot of real estate teams will have leads come in from different sources. And then you wonder, you know, why is Susie Q getting more leads than me well Susie Q is turning them into clients oh my yeah. and production and sales yeah. I gave you one lead and you want to wait to call them till next week and you're like oh I mean they weren't like a great lead anyways I didn't, I didn't want to lose the business that I never got I was too place. afraid that they would say no so I didn't call it off oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Well, I think the lesson in that is like, let's just get over our fear. You know, don't worry about comparing yourself. Don't worry about, I I guess, you know, you should worry about winning the game because we keep score. Obviously, you know, the five turned into 10. There was a scorecard there. Three turned into six. There's a scorecard there. But it wasn't against each other. But they're not against each other. You are the only one who has a scorecard. And so... Um, I think maybe next week we'll touch a little bit about like how to get out of your own way and overcome those things and Love it. maybe even how to become self-aware of what your talents are. Because it's easy to say everybody has talent and ability, but what if you are like, I'm just dumbfounded on what my talent and ability could possibly be? Right. 
Did you go to high school? You have an aptitude test. I'm just kidding. No, they didn't even do that when I was in high school. I, I used to always say I wish they would. I'm too lazy. I don't even want to know my. I only want to have to like figure it out myself. I'm like, just tell me what I'm good at, and then I'll go do that. Right. That's how I ended up in so many direct sales companies. <laughs> They're like, you would be great at selling this blender. All right, guys. <laughs> well, that was an insightful week. Uh, join us next week when we kind of dig a little bit deeper into this but i would love to know do you have a story where you felt like you wasted a talent or an opportunity to let your talent shine good one i look forward to seeing those love you guys over and out bye